Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Victory Monday on the first episode of 2023. Kansas City Chiefs ring in the new year on a victory 27 to 24 over the Denver Broncos yesterday afternoon to improve to 13 and 3 on the season. Weirdly, a carbon copy kind of felt like of the first game with a little bit more uh, fight from Denver. Um, but all in all, the Chiefs end end up with the victory. I liked, I would say I liked about 85% of the game. I thought that there were some times where Pat got a little inconsistent, uh, had some really stupid blunders, which we'll get into. Um, and that'll be a fun part of the show, I bet. But all in all, Chiefs, a better football team. You knew it was going to be a scrappy performance from Denver. That's exactly what you got. Russell Wilson, I don't know if it's if it's the Chiefs effect of teams getting up for these games or whatnot or just a divisional rival. Russ looked pretty okay yesterday. I mean, I feel like if he played that all year, Denver might be in a little bit of a different position because it seems like his two best games have come against the Kansas City Chiefs, and one of them he had to leave early. He could have actually won that game, perhaps, because the way the game is trending, it was not a good moment for the Chiefs before Russell Wilson left in that first matchup. But they get the win yesterday. On to the next one. Finish the year on a strong note in Vegas. Let's talk about the game, boys. I've got Blaine and Johnny with me as always. Blaine, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the game yesterday, and uh, happy 2023. Yeah, same to you. Same to you. Both 2023 is going to be a great year, and it might be one with the Super Bowl. Let's let's keep that riding, but... I was at Arrowhead, and it was a lot of fun. It just kind of was another one of those games I feel like all year long of the Chiefs' home games have just kind of been bleh. Like, a few weeks ago, you know, on and on and on, I just feel like it's kind of been bleh. They don't Rams play that well. Blah. I yeah. was there. That was, was so bleh. Yeah, and it, it felt like that at Arrowhead again. I mean, you just didn't make very many big plays. Pat looked off. You know, that pick at the end that Legereus got a um, – on Russell was huge or else, you know, that game was just fringe getting beat, fringe getting beat the whole time. So I didn't love it out of the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, I really didn't love it out of the fans or anything that was involved with it. But a win's a win, and uh, I'll take it. Johnny? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, for the listeners, I am just exuding energy today. Um, so I'm going to be carrying the boats for us. But um, – so excited to talk about this game with you guys. 2023 is just going to be a great year for everybody. And I have a couple of comments on the points that you guys just, just brought up. Um, one, Chandler, you said about, you know, the Chiefs always getting the best shot of other teams. I was thinking about this today. You know, one of the re recurring topics we bring up is like, why don't the Chiefs blow anybody out? Like, why do they let teams hang around? Why, why this? You know, why are the Chiefs not – beating everybody by three touchdowns. Well, you'd love that. You would love that. Um, my dogs are going crazy over here. You would love that. But the problem is, uh, is that the Chiefs always get everybody's best shot, right? This is not like a matchup where the old-time Chiefs are playing, I don't know, the, the Panthers, and both teams, you know, are kind of middling teams, and one team could blow the other team out. Like, the Chiefs quite literally get every team's best shot. Their best stuff goes against the Chiefs week one through week 18. And so a lot of the time, I think that's why. And that's not an excuse. The Chiefs have certainly done a lot of things to put themselves in a position where they can let teams hang around. But it does seem like every team is always calling their best stuff. 
every team is, you know, keyed up trying to knock off the top dog. It's like back when the Chiefs, you know, were a, a team that was around 500. You knew they didn't have the ceiling of these other teams. But every time you played the Patriots, like you were getting up for that game. And yeah. so I think that's kind of why, why, you know, my, what I was thinking about when you brought that point up. And that goes right into what Blaine was saying about Arrowhead being somewhat subdued and not the Arrowhead that we're used to. I think that is a product of, I noticed this, I brought the Patriots up in the past. When the Patriots had Brady, it seemed like Gillette Stadium was kind of a subdued, relaxed stadium. I think Arrowhead, and Arrowhead's better than Gillette. Arrowhead's amazing. This is not taking away from Arrowhead, but the standard that we expect as fans has been completely changed. Like winning is not enough anymore. It's, it's so much higher. And so a noon game against the Broncos, a team that hasn't beaten you since the Royals won the World Series in 2015, just not really a spot you're going to get up for, you know? I went to a game earlier this year against the Bills, and that place was lit. Arrowhead now is just going to be kind of like you're describing, Blaine, unless it's against the Bills or the Bengals, or it's like a night game, or the first game of the year. Noon games at Arrowhead against the Jags and the pathetic Broncos in the Mahomes era are probably just going to feel like that. And it's a trade-off I'm willing to make if they're going to be contending for the Super Bowl every single year. Um, I said a lot there, and I have a lot of thoughts about the game, but Chandler, you can kind of just start breaking it down and I'll chime in. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get we'll uh, dive in here. I love your point, though. It's so true. Um, winning really isn't all that we care about anymore. It's a lot more than winning and uh, anything less than a than a victory over the Denver Broncos, who are reeling this year. Uh, is unacceptable and it's uh well, it's real a good quick point. Chandler real quick real quick guys like don't and to, and if you think differently make it known but like the season starts in a couple of weeks doesn't it feel like that yeah like the seat that like this it's just about getting healthy and getting into the dance you know as uh Blaine pointed out earlier uh Sean Payton was on Cowherd today and he calls it the tournament which is super cool it's like, you know, I heard Patriots fans, I heard Portnoy on Barstool talk about this a lot, like the season starts in January, meaning in the, in the postseason. So I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to sound cocky as a fan. It's just, it's just reality. Like with Mahomes, you expect to be uh, playing in, in, in the playoffs and really up until that point, you can have let up spots. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's get into the game. Chiefs, I'll start with the offense. Um, like what I saw at times, Pat, I mean, that's what's crazy, guys. 29 of 42, 328, three touchdowns and an interception, which was an annoying interception. It was not there if he tried to fit one in. But I'm fine with living with it. It happens every once in a while. But nine times out of ten, that's a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, just a little ill-advised. I like what I saw from the running game. I thought we got off to the ground a little bit. Um, it wasn't the best outing in terms of the numbers, but I thought we ran it at effective times for effective yards to set up some passing opportunities that the Chiefs took advantage of. Good to see Kadarius Tony, leading receiver on the day. Um, he had a uh, special teams blunder, and we'll save that for when we get to our special teams portion. I like what I see from Kadarius, guys. I really do. If he can stay healthy, this is going to be a huge weapon for this Chiefs offense. It adds another piece. And especially on a day where Juju and MVS were a little bit more silent, 
uh, we have another option to to to, uh, to pick up uh, the workload for the receivers. So that's kind of my brief overview of the offense. I really liked what I saw at the end of the day. Obviously, there's things that I would I would want to clean up, but that's going to be every game. Um, I think the offense is really playing well right now. I really do. Um, I like the way the offensive line's playing. So, Johnny, what do you think? Okay, a couple things. Um, it seemed, according to Reed, after the game in his media, he said that Denver was inviting Kansas City to pass, which is a couple of takeaways from that. One, bold strategy when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field, but a testament to the confidence that Denver has uh, in their secondary, which is good. Patrick Sertan's really good, and the rest of this defense is, is good. So um, that that is kind of why I think the Chiefs from running backs – only had 12 carries for 38 yards. Not not good enough, but, you know, they, they threw the ball 42 times. And other than the interception, it was – they had a lot of success doing it. Yes, there were some plays that Mahomes left on the field, but there were also some plays that he made that were still damn, really damn good. So uh, he, he had talked about after the game, Patrick, that he was very disappointed in his level of play, um, which just goes to show how good he is with the standard that he has of what good play is. You know, on your worst days, he he didn't. He says he didn't play well against Denver last time too. Well, in the, you know, four interceptions in two games against Denver, that's really bad. But also, you know, over 700 yards passing and six touchdowns through the air is, is also really good. And you won both the games. Um, I did see that Mahomes kind of came up limping a little bit after a play in like the second quarter. And maybe that's why his footwork got away from him. But uh, he should be totally fine. Look, I... I could talk all about the offense that I want. That's the least of my concerns. Jarek McKinnon has like eight touchdowns in the last five games. It's, it's incredible. Um, He's giving me big 2019 Damian Williams vibes. And he was crucial uh, in that Super Bowl run in, in 2019. MVS got open a bunch of times and Patrick missed him. Johnny, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What are your thoughts on Isaiah Pacheco? I think he was a seventh round pick for a reason. He plays damn hard, but he's kind of a linear player. I think he's gotten better as the year goes on. But from week one, we all kind of were saying the best running back on this team is Jarek. Jarek's the best running back on this team. So uh, I'm I'm pleased with Pacheco. He actually had a catch. He was playing, he was lined up out wide. Yeah. And uh, he was the farthest receiver out wide on the, I think that was the, I think that was the field side, not the boundary side. But, yeah, he was out way wide, and he caught a pass and did okay. He had a nice cut back. He, he runs hard and plays hard, but, you know, he doesn't move the needle that much for me. The thing that's going to really move the needle for me is if Patrick and MVS can get on the same page downfield. And maybe McColl coming back helps downfield. But uh, one thing that I will give to you guys is that uh, I think it was Chandler or maybe Blaine. I think you both have brought this up, but Mahomes down the field, like just deep straight passes. He hasn't done a great job on. So hopefully he can figure that out as we go along. Okay. I've said enough. Hopefully Joe Tooney's not really hurt. Cause that'll be, that would suck. Blaine. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I just like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta think we're down 17, 13, almost going into the fourth quarter there. When it, it, we're not playing well offensively straight out. It's, it's the worst Pats played all year. I was there and I just, it was bad. I'm not saying he played horrible. He three touchdowns, a lot of yards. Travis Kelsey was good, but 
man, he, we can't win playoff games if he, we can't execute a little bit better down the field like you're talking about, Johnny. I mean, MVS, seven targets, two catches, that, that's not good enough. And I think it really is a testament to, you know, maybe McCole getting in there and get better. I think Sky Moore, just the lack of use he has seen so far this year, you know, you want to see him take a step forward too. And then it's just like at times I found myself like, find Juju. Somehow find Juju, find Juju, two catches. And I think that's what Denver wanted – Pat to do push the ball down the field take away your kind of intermediates with Juju Travis was good enough to get seven catches or whatever it may be in big spots but um it was just an underwhelming view of of just really like I said Patrick knew he didn't play well he does he doesn't usually go out and say those things because he didn't uh, um the the numbers are there but it was just an underwhelming performance to the eye um I guess that's kind of a testament to Denver too but Tooney going out there early was a big difference. Three straight punch, three straight three and outs there to start the second half. Got back on track as the fourth quarter came along. Two two straight touchdowns, and that was the difference. But um, hell, I don't I don't really. You guys covered everything I wanted to say on the offense, other than the fact that you know Patrick's just got to be better throwing the ball down the field, and if he's not, to to be able to get a guy like Juju or or something just going out, going more consistently, I think. So why don't you, Blaine, go ahead and you you give us your thoughts first on the defense uh, going into um, going into this week and from what you saw yesterday. I you know I I wasn't able to see a ton from the game. Russ was just I was yelling at Russ more than I was paying attention to what the linebackers were doing. I do <laughs> think that Nick Bolton is is really good uh, run stopper, but he's just got to be a little bit better in the passing game. Whenever it gets you know it whenever it gets to times of pure pass situations, he's a little bit of a liability um, at linebacker in, in, in those spots. And I saw that a few times when Russ was, you know, he was looking for that tight end as he likes to do so well, or Albert O three catches, 45 yards, or um, some of those more intermediate for them. But um, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot, honestly. Legarius's pick was awesome. It changed the entire game. If he doesn't pick that ball off, we may lose, but that was, you know, that's really all I felt. I think right now my best takeaway from our defense over the last three weeks of what we've been doing that's so much better, we have been finally getting turnovers. I think this is the third straight game with a turnover from the defense, um, and it's crucial. We were not getting any of these turnovers earlier in the year, and um, it was a huge concern because we need to start getting a little bit of a nose for the football come playoff time because it can win us a football game. And we're going to play some teams who are super explosive and who are prone like us to turning the football over. So this defense is to keep capitalizing on those as we move forward. Um, I absolutely, pardon me. Sorry. I absolutely love Nick Bolton guys. Yeah. Uh, so Nick good. Bolton is so damn good. He's so fun to watch. It's so awesome that he's a chief because it seems like the chiefs always kind of have, a really awesome linebacker for like a good stretch of, you know, a few years, Derek Johnson, like, like those kind of guys, Justin Houston, even he played for the Chiefs for a long time. Just guys like that. They're so fun to watch and just awesome dudes. Um, uh, one question I think, and I'll turn it over to Johnny. So I'll ask Johnny, why is Willie gay? I, I noticed this yesterday and it has been kind of happening and I'm actually, I don't, I don't know that I have the answer. He doesn't seem to be playing that much on passing downs. Yeah, it does make sense. Johnny, do you think – do you have an answer for that? He seems to be – he's easily our most – he's more athletic than Nick Bolden. Um, he's He's got to be able 
to be to cover these guys. It just doesn't seem like it makes any sense. I think Willie's pretty good covering in pass um, in pass coverage in man. But when they go to zone, both him and uh, Bolton aren't great pass coverage in zone. You think of the Denver touchdown over the middle of the field. It was right over Bolton, late rotation from the safety. I think it might have been Thornhill, but which, you know, that's like always my gripe with Thornhill is that he's just a step late all the time. But he has been playing better. But I, th- I think that's what it is. Yeah, I was look- I'm looking at the snap count right here. Willie Gay, uh, 63% of the snaps. Nick Bolton, 99% of the snaps. The only snap he didn't play in the game was the one snap where he kind of maybe got the wind knocked out of him, sat one snap out, and then came right back in. But, of course, we were losing our minds uh, with fear in yeah. the group text because he's, you know, hit- Chris Jones is probably the – leader and identity heart and soul of this defense but Nick Bolton is just as much um you know the the identity of this defense and so um yeah I've got some other defensive thoughts but Chandler did you have anything else no um yeah you keep going okay um Trent McDuffie is really good he's awesome um seven tackles four solo and a sack my favorite play of the whole day it was like second and six or something like that. And they ran a two or three yard out to Jerry Judy and he cut back into the field and McDuffie just like played automatic lockdown NBA 2K defense on him. Like yeah. it was so awesome because so many guys over pursue and commit to the tackle and then the cutback gets them and they're left in the dust. He broke down perfectly, kept him in front of him, and made a tackle. And we've seen how sure of a tackler Trent McDuffie is. So, yeah, I, I was really uh, impressed from Trent by Trent. He was, of course, the one that had the strip sack recovered by George Karloftis before the end of the first half. We will get to the major buzz kill that happened after that play, thanks to the fucking special teams unit uh, here in just a second. But um, overall in the defense – you know, they've been doing their part as of late. The offense has been a little bit underwhelming. I, I'm probably just thinking about the offense differently than you guys. I'm just not concerned at all. The thing about the defense that could be concerning to me is just the youth in the secondary. Josh Williams, who Blaine is right spot on about him, that there is a lot of potential for growth there. He's just getting thrown into the fire because of the personnel on the defense. This is a guy at D2 out of Fayetteville State or whatever it is, and he's having to just learn on the fly. I love how he steps up in the run game and his willingness to tackle, but he's a little grabby right now in pass coverage. And say what you will about the officials, I think they fucking suck. But he got dinged for two flags uh, in key moments uh, on Sunday, and it resulted in, in Josh Williams, who plays a lot of the snaps on defense, only having 14 total snaps on the day. And he had zero tackles registered on the day. So, like, just a bad day at the office for Josh Williams. He's been pissing me off so far, but there (laughs) is a lot of room for growth. Keep in mind, who's another fourth-round defensive back that they took recently? Legereus Sneed. Similar similar measurements on them, similar athletic testing. So, hopefully, uh, he can become somewhat of a similar player to Sneed because – Sneed is so good. It was good to see Karloftis get another sack. He's really been turning it on and looking like a good pick so far. Um, and Chris Jones is an absolute unblockable freak. He is such an advantage to have on defense at all times because the one time – there's probably 
three to five times per game, they can get Chris Jones matched up one-on-one with an offensive lineman. And 75 to 100% of the time, he wins that one-on-one and gets to the quarterback and completely destroys the play. So, um, yeah, I – I don't know. I'm I maybe I'm back to Johnny positive because of the energy level that I have today, but I'm I'm not as doom and gloom about the offense and defense um, as I am the special teams because I think that's a big issue. Yeah, play. Go ahead. I just want whenever I was there, you know, feeling they just made the plays when they had to make the plays. Though it's it's like a winning game. A defense did you did what you needed to do. Um, you ha- I mean, you held them to 17 all the way to the end of the thing, and then they yeah. scored what that touchdown of, to make it within three. But you did what you had to do. You then picked them off. You know, uh, Legeris had a big pick, and then whenever you needed Chris Jones to make a play, two straight tackles to end it, turn the ball over to the sack. Um, I mean, it's it just the guys did it, and it was Snead, and it was Chris, and that's what you need. And those guys need to do that and will do that because they are damn good football players. And that helps a guy like Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson not to have to do a lot, especially with how Trent's playing too. So, yeah, I'm not worried about the defense really right now, Johnny, either. Um, and I'm glad you're Johnny positive because there is a lot of a lot of positive to think about it this game. Well, the Chiefs are – they're 13-3. and three. Like, there, there are major areas of – like, I think there are some areas of concern on this team. But on the offense, Patrick – covers that up on the defense fucking Chris covers that up I mean there are five plays a game where Chris Jones destroys a good play by the offense there was a play toward the toward the end of the game where it was third down and Denver had like third and four or something like that and they ran the ball coming out of the two-minute warning and it was a first down and Chris Jones was lined up on defensive uh, as a defensive end and dove in there like this guy's six six and like dove in for an ankle tackle and pulled him down. And then of course, then on the next play on fourth down, he gets to Russ. And uh, yeah, guys, I just, I have so much I could say about Chris Jones. Blaine, you go. Yeah. No, I, uh, Jerry Judy only had what? 38 yards. I think what seven targets for 38. That, what is that? An average of five. I mean, a, a slant, uh, give them seven slants. Yeah. They love that. That's what they wanted out of it. Yeah. Judy's been good recently. I mean, like he went for a hundred, yeah, at LA, he went for 70, 70, you know, 65. Those are his last four. Holding them to 38 is phenomenal. And I think testament to like you're talking about Trent McDuffie. But he, McDuffie traveled with him, Blaine. Yeah. And I I know what you meant. At whenever I go to games, going to games is awesome, but like it's really hard to how the three of us chop it up about like each individual play, packages and stuff like that, like watching guys. At the stadium, it's it's hard to do that, of course, with the festivities and the people that you're with and the atmosphere. McDuffie traveled with Judy. That's why it was so good because Judy, they were moving Judy into the slot and McDuffie was traveling into the slot. Like, this is a guy who has not had a lot of NFL experience, was hurt this year. And like, man, guys, like we, I, I think they really did a good job with, with McDuffie. And my boy Leo Chanel had a couple good snaps too. Yeah, he had a couple of good snaps, definitely, Johnny, and he also had a lot of snaps on special teams. Let's wrap up the pod on a more negative note. I promise that I'll, I'll pull uh, some positivity back into the episode right before we get off the air. But, guys, special teams blunders, another reoccurrence all day yesterday, really. Um, different times of the game, missed PATs, dropped holds, fumble and punt returns, the whole works, and the most – the most ridiculous thing about this is that it's a recurring theme. 
And that's what is is scary. I think that, you know, if this was happening once, maybe even twice this year, you know, if this was the only other time besides like Indy, let's say, that we've been affected by special teams like that, then it probably wouldn't be that much of a concern. But it is it is category five hurricane out on the ocean with the red flags like being waved that it's gonna be a fucking murderous storm. <laughs> Now, I've never been a part of a hurricane before, being from the Midwest, but I can only imagine what it looks like when you're standing on your front porch or wherever you live on the coast, and it's like, holy shit, there comes destruction. That is what the special teams of the Kansas City Chiefs is trending towards right now. Guys, it is disgusting out there. Fumbles happen. Muffs happen. Um, let's see what else. Kickoff returns happen. Like a, a bad kickoff return or a good kickoff return can happen for you or against you. A dropped hold is inexcusable. And I know that Tommy Townsend knows that. So it's not really even me going at him. But it's like, dude, when are you going to do that again? Because it's now been on tape. It's now in your head. Like you, not saying that Tommy can't overcome it. But he just flat out dropped it, guys. It was a really, really good snap, too. As a matter of fact, he got the blood flowing a little bit. It was such a good snap. And he just dropped it. And then, not to make it you know worse, sprints outright and just gets leveled, dude. Like, just the optics of all of that. Like, that isn't what you look at. And like if, if you're a, not a Chiefs fan and you're on the outside looking in, like you don't think of the Chiefs doing dumb shit like that. Like that's what the Jets do. Like that's what t- shitty fucking franchises do. And I'm using a lot of F-bombs in this final segment, but dude, I don't fucking care. I'm a special teamer. This is bullshit. Get it figured out. And my final point, get a little long-winded, but I'll turn it over to you guys because I cannot wait to hear what Johnny has to say, honestly. I've been waiting for this all day. We talk a lot about Dave Tube, Tobe, whatever, whichever one it is. And he has a lot of the blame in the schematics. But he's not coaching Tommy to drop a hold. He's not teaching Kadarius to fumble the football. Like, these are just our guys not making plays and doing things that are very boneheaded that will cost us hugely down the line as we get ready to take the words out of Johnny's mouth Start the season now. We're starting the season, and bad habits are not what we want. Johnny, go ahead. The special teams has is they're hearing the chatter. They're pressing. It's not going to get any better because it that was week seventeen, and since week one they've been bad. And so, like, it's not like there's going to be a miraculous change. This unit is going to hurt this team in the postseason. And it's, 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 I'm just going to say it. It's scary. I hate when you guys use the word scary. It's time. I, I hate the special teams unit. I hate fucking tube. And I cannot stand Butker, Townsend, Winchester, Tony, just on special teams. I like him on offense. When, I'm, it's so bad. I can't wait for McColl to get back there. And he stinks. Yeah. Like, it, it, 
Kadarius Tony on the first punt that he caught backpedaled and caught it at the nine. And then on the second punt that he caught backpedaled at the four and then caught it ran to the right side of the field with the ball in his left arm, begging for the defense to take it. You know, people want to say Dave tube is like the best special teams coordinator. It shouldn't be a catastrophic nightmare losing Anthony Sherman and Garrett Dieter on your, on your unit. Like it shouldn't be a catastrophic nightmare and take over 17 weeks to fix losing Dan Sorensen, Ben Neiman, and Armani Watts, and Marcus Kemp. Like, yo, Tube, just throw some motherfuckers out there who know how to do this stuff or have the confidence to do, to, to do this stuff. Like, this is now falling on all of them. Like, on all of them. It's not just on Tube or it's not just on Tommy. The whole unit is a mess. I think back to... 2019 against Houston when the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing. Special teams got them back in that game. McColl had a kickoff return that got us in the scoring range. There was a uh, there was a um, the Sorensen stopped him on a fourth down fake punt. Look at it on the other side. Houston collapsed in the playoffs because of their special teams unit. It was 24 to nothing. They uh, 20 21 to nothing. No. 24 to nothing, and they had an opportunity to go for it on fourth down, and I believe they missed a field goal when it could have been 27 to nothing. Then they gave up a long kick return. Then they missed a fourth down conversion. Then they did all this other bullshit on special teams, and the Chiefs took advantage. The Chiefs are begging another team to do that to them, and against the Broncos and against the, the Texans, you can get away with shit like that and still win. We've seen it. This year against the Bills, this year against the Bengals, special teams errors, they beat you. That's just going to happen again if they don't clean this stuff up. And I don't see anything uh, that leads me to think that they're going to get this cleaned up. It's obvious Tommy Townsend has heard all the bullshit from, from uh, Dustin Colquitt and, and others talking about his holding. He has never in his career mess, messed up a hold. And then coincidentally, after they're talking about his holding, here we go. The kick that Butker missed before the half was such a fucking buzzkill because Butker is money from 50 and beyond. He's good. He's a Butker's like, it, that's the frustrating thing because he misses extra points and he's money for he's cash from 50 plus the chiefs get a big stop. Mahomes makes, you know, not a lot of time makes a big throw to the sideline to Justin Watson. They trot the unit out to kick it and, uh, and they missed. I did see a slowed down version of it because it was weird on the broadcast. They didn't show a replay uh, after that. It got, it got partially tipped, but one of the, the defenders got a finger to it, which is even more concerning because we're not we can't block anybody on this concerning unit. So I, I have a couple more things to say, but I need to take a breath. So Blaine, please come in here for some relief. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I have a whole lot to say after, after you two r- ranting about it. I mean, special teams is your thing. I will say, you know, I was looking up how many snaps Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony has as a punt returner and it's minimal. I mean, you can't just throw a guy in there to allow him to just say, Hey, here you go. Be good. When you haven't done it in two years. And, you know, I think he'll be fine. He's explosive enough to be fine, but, 
Why the fuck is there somebody not able to do that? McColl hadn't been able to do it for three years, and there still is nobody. Well, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. That's my gripe is it's been a problem for so long. What the fuck? Like, just and make it a priority. Begging, begging to fumble. I mean, McColl yeah. wants to fumble. Yeah, it just... So, like, it just happened to be Tony that time. Yeah. But it could have very easily have been McColl. He wants to fumble. But it and the excuse is, oh, they'll get better. He's still learning. He's still learning. When is he? When are they ever? That's and, bullshit. That's the dumbest excuse I've ever heard. And so and it's to like, go off your point, Blaine, about the returners, um, Sky Moore, to my knowledge, didn't do it in college. No. And then all was, of a sudden you get him one training camp and he's the starter. Yeah. That's like, this is the, Kansas City that, Chiefs. Like, what's you know? going on? Um yeah. Dave not, Tube is Dave Tube is a guy who made his money, made his killing, ha- having Devin Hester on the Chicago Bears, and you know it has been a complete disaster at returner on all fronts. Yeah, this season it has been a it has been a disaster. What Sky Moore had three fumbles. Now Kadarius Tony has one. He lost one and he's recovered one. So that's five fumbles um on on punt and one on kick return right from from pacheco and one that he recovered against the colts so that's seven off the top of my head fumbles that i can think and i have like like i'm on the spectrum when it comes to these this this kind of like memory recall so i think there's at least seven fumbles in one year on return and most of the kicks are fair caught or go out of the end zone yeah i'm okay i gotta mute my he just he's gone. I think he's gone. <laughs> listeners, I think Johnny just got really pissed, and I don't blame him. You can hear the passion in our voices, people. It's a big deal. Special teams wins and loses ball games, and the Chiefs' special teams right now are trending it towards losses. I mean, special teams are what kept Denver in the game yesterday. Like it just happened in front of our very own eyes. Here comes Johnny back in. The Chiefs won the game twenty-seven to twenty-four. Right? There were eleven. 11 points that the defense fucked up. An extra point, a field goal, and a muffed punt that led to seven points on the first fucking play afterwards. That's 11 points, and and the game was a three-point game. That's what what you do to let teams hang around. Every single fucking game the Chiefs play, they are shooting themselves in the dick on special teams. It's going to break me, guys, because – it is going to happen again. The Chiefs are going to play in the playoffs against a legit a legit team multiple times, and it's going to it's going to bite them. Like I, I don't I don't know what's going to be different about this. Do you guys have any any confidence? Butker's missing kicks. Uh, Townsend's fucking up holds. The snaps have been inconsistent. They cannot consistently field a punt, let alone get positive yards off of a punt, maybe two or three. We're rejoicing when they catch and get two to three yards positively from a punt. If they if they field a kickoff that is out of the end zone, they rarely get to the 25. You know, like, it's just Mahomes is amazing, and he carries this team so much, but I just wish that they weren't shooting themselves in the dick so much. It's just ridiculous, man. It's just... And- and one, one point about kickoff return, dude, like, it's kind of the same thing as Sky Moore. Like, Pacheco didn't do it at Rutgers, did he? 
Like, why all of a sudden is he just going to do it now? Yeah, he do it in college. And that's not, that's not like me talking crap that he couldn't do it. But why? You don't just get these gifts. Like they don't they don't just appear out of nowhere. You're not supposed to be able to like walk down there and do it. And he goes through one training camp. He's been our only kick returner all year. Why have we experimented so much with punt return and not kick return? Why not put fuck if you're gonna put people back there with no experience, get Sky Moore back there. Like it or at least try. Like he's fast as hell. The only uh, person to not fumble a fucking punt is Justin Watson. Sorry, Blaine, I cut you off. You're good. No, good. Keep going. I'm just looking this stuff up right now. And Tommy Townsend's like four months older than me. Kadarius Tony's really young. Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is younger than me. And, you know, I looked up to you. Tommy Townsend's brother was Eddie Pinheiro's holder multiple years before Tommy was the holder at Florida. I think Tommy only held for one year in college, if I'm looking all this up, because Johnny Townsend, number 19, is hey, not Johnny. Tommy Townsend. Yes. Wisp followed his brother's footsteps as a holder. Maybe his brother need to bring him on or something. God damn. But all these young guys would have little experience in college, a little, and they're younger than us, getting bitched at by 40-year-olds in Arrowhead. Yeah. It's probably not a good recipe. So maybe bring a veteran or a deuce. I don't know. It just, I got pissed the, off. The pressing is the biggest issue. Like, there every time we kick an extra point, a field goal, every time we are receiving a punt, Every time we punt, every time we kick off, every time we are receiving a kickoff, or any other fucking special teams bullshit that I missed, with all due respect, Chandler, every time a special teams snap happens, me, you two, and every other fan and every player is, is thinking in their head, how are they going to fuck this up? You know? It'd be like a really good basketball team not being able to make free throws. It'd be like a really good baseball team not having a, a reliable bullpen. It is something that is crucial to the success of your, of your team that when you do well, it goes unnoticed. But like I said, is an essential piece of winning, you, of, of winning meaningful games and ultimately a championship. It can also lead to the, the direct reason why your season ends, right? And look at, a lot of, look at a lot of big moments this year right? Big moments that can lead to confidence and going forward. Bengals game, Butker fucking misses the, the, the game time field goal and, and, and the team loses. Against the Bills, Butker misses a huge kick during that game. He did make a, a long 60-some yarder, but he also missed a kick in that game. Extra points have been missed in this game. A, a, a fucked up hold. Sky Moore against the Colts. First, you know, get a three and out to start the game, fumbles the fucking ball, and then they go score. Like, big moments. We have, we have just fucked them up. I feel like the Chiefs <clears> – the Chiefs are a great football team because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs are not a disciplined football team. And when they play other really good football teams, they have been the team that has been more susceptible – to fucking up more. And in these big moments, in these playoff games, when the games are decided in the margins, you don't want to be the team that's the reason that the game is decided because you fuck up. And the Chiefs have just shown us that in the key disciplined areas, they're the ones that lack discipline. Say something nice about Tommy Townsend before we get off here. Uh, he is really punting the ball well. I will give yeah. him that. I think that's our best special teams uh, unit. 
Tommy Townsend is punting the ball well, and it has flipped the field on several occasions. Yes, it has, Johnny. He's got a bazooka. You can give me a rebuttal, but it's not going to be right. You're going to be wrong. I just hate punting. I mean, punting means we didn't score any points, so. But it, it's a it's beautiful crucial. art, though. Beautiful yeah, art. It will be. It'll. We will have to pin Josh Allen, Burrow, Herbert deep sometime in the postseason. And Tommy, yeah. I do believe in that ability of Tommy. He can yeah. do that. Now I don't know if he can hold. I think he might still stink at punting, but he's pretty damn good at it. <laughs> Just take away all his holding responsibilities because he can bomb it. I, I, I'm with you, Chandler. I think he's got him. Boom leg. And him and JK Scott. I'm just bitter. Him and JK Scott from Bama were like the two best in the country at the time. And JK Scott is the best punter I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And Tommy was under the radar last year, took a little bit to get there. Like like I was saying, the guy is 25, just turned 26 a few months ago. I mean, we might have a good punter for a long time in Kansas City if he keeps because he has the potential to boom it and be a career guy. Just right. get a backup quarterback that can hold the ball and be done with it. All right, yeah, Grant. I agree. Anybody have any final thoughts or we might have to wrap it up? Johnny, you got anything? Oh, yeah. Johnny's oh, co- got something. <laughs> oh, co- of course I do. Well, you guys saw that the Chiefs play Saturday at 3.30, right? They're the first game of week 18. Tonight is uh, is is Monday. The, Bill- the Bills and the Bengals play, just to set the scene for everybody. If the Bengals win this game, uh, tonight against the Bills, the Chiefs just have to win. If they win their game, they are the number one seed in the AFC. That's if the Bengals win tonight. If the if the Bengals lose, so if the Bills win, the Chiefs would have to win and the Bills lose to be the one seed. Um, there is an outside chance that like the the disaster happens, I think, and then the Chiefs. Well, I don't know if they can be the three seed. Anyways, that the one seed is so crucial. All eyes are going to be on the TV tonight and hopefully going forward. But one thing I want to get your guys' take on this, see if this is kind of fucked up. If the Bengals win, right, and then the Chiefs win the first game on Saturday of the entire weekend, does that give the other teams in the AFC a reason to get extra rest going into the playoffs? Do you see what I'm saying? So if the Bills lose tonight, and then the Chiefs win at 3.30 on Saturday. The Bills don't play until Sunday. They'll know their fate. They'll know their seed. Mm. So the Bills could technically, like, rest their guys against the Patriots in Week 18. Yeah. Why, why did the NFL do that? I don't even understand why there's sa- why are there Saturday games. Well, just the NFL – because the NFL – yeah, the NFL – you know, not a lot of college football that day. They can just dominate another day of television. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the games on Saturday are big games. It's Chiefs in Vegas against the Raiders, and then they have the AFC South Bowl that night. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's one of those things that's – it's, like, not that big of a deal, but I do completely understand what you're saying. Like, they could, they could rest their guys, but um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's a great point by you, Johnny. What do you think, Blaine? Yeah. I, I I mean, you just go win the football game. There's nothing really you can do about it, I guess. That, that's a good point. Yeah, that, if I'm Buffalo, though, I probably don't want to rest my guys as much just with how bad the first-round team or the bye team has played in recent years. It seems like slow, 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 slow. Sorry, you want to try to get reps, but I, I don't know. I think that's a weird, weird look at that I've never thought about. I'll say it's not an advantage. 
I'll say it's not, honestly. Cool. Inter- interesting uh, interesting matchup tonight for sure. A lot of things uh, will be told tonight, honestly. Um, I think if I mean, I think if Buffalo wins tonight, they're pretty much going to wrap it up, I would imagine. But, you know, we'll see. Awesome show, guys. Chiefs win 27-24. Improve to 13-3 on the season. Back Wednesday. The boys will be back. Also, special shout-out Johnny last week and his buddy Joe Rat, Our buddy Joe Rat. That's right. Figure it out podcast uh, contributor now. He has that title um, under his belt. Good for him. Follow his podcast at ball. At ball placement, right? There you go. Yep. At yep. ball placement. Um, actually, I've listened to a little bit of it. It's a pretty good podcast. No good show. Shots. We'll be charging them for this little promo. Uh, so um, keep that in mind if you're listening to this ball placement. Awesome show, guys. Talk to you later, okay? Go Chiefs. Later.